I got it. Okay. Got it? Okay, great. All right. Um, so the, the things that we're that we're going through right now, there, there are, I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I do know where to start, but I, I will tell you that this, this meeting on the 16th and 17th of August is going to be by far the biggest summit and the most conclusive. And the reason why I say it's going to be conclusive is because all of the people around the country are going to come together and they're going to start working the problem collectively together and putting all the pieces together. Like what happened in Georgia? What happened in Nevada? What happened in Arizona? What happened? And all the village idiots like Matt Crane and Williams and, and Jenna uh, Griswold and all these other traders, Katie Hobbs, I'm going to go down the line. They can say whatever they want, but the evidence is conclusive. And we know where the we know where the gas is to the machines. We know that the machines are fraudulent. We have all the evidence. Now it's time we put it all together. So that'll be the 16th and the 17th. Apollo, we uh, we've had a lot going on in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, there's there, it always feels like there's a lot going on. Um, but the the news cycle really has been it's been a little bit frenetic. It seems like to me. Because sometimes it feels like we're just spinning our wheels on the same things. And then, you know, you get some of these, uh, I mean, Biden's the same exact deal. You have the country burning down in a uh, myriad of ways. And the thing that frustrates me is it still seems like the conservative media and, you know, the left and the right still can't really figure out that there are more important things than, uh, than playing these games. Um, you know, Durham has happened. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch all of it. It was five hours. I watched most of the second half. I, I pulled a, a lot of clips from that. Uh, but it's kind of a back and forth on there were some real shots that were fired and a lot of disappointment because it seems like we're still walking through mud. Well, we are walking through mud. I mean, that's, that's, that's actually a really good way to put it. There's... Uh... There's a there's a part where Jim Jordan was talking to, um, was talking to uh, Durham, and Adam Schiff was decided that he was going to I want to say a uh, trade barbs with um, Durham, and Durham just let him have it. So let's let's go ahead and play this. It's four minutes long, so we may we'll we'll play the four minutes, but I want because I want you to hear it. But th this happened yesterday. We 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 aired the entire deal. Adam Schiff is the one who lied about the Russian collusion, said that it didn't exist, and that he's he's being censured for it. He's, there's going to be fines for it, which aren't enough. I mean, how do you take a guy that makes 190 grand a year who's now worth 200 million dollars? We not only have a two tier justice system, we have an entire system, our entire system. Is predicated on you being a slave. So slave, put in your social security number, put in your last name. That is what you are. You're a slave to them. But this this was a great back and forth. For frankly, I'm I'm disappointed in Durham. Because no matter what happens, Durham played politics. No matter what happens. Let's go ahead and play A1. Mueller also reported that though he could not establish the crime of conspiracy beyond a reasonable doubt. He also said, quote, a statement that the investigation did not establish certain facts does not mean there was no evidence of those facts. That also appears in the report, doesn't it? It's the language of that effect, yes. In fact, you cited that very statement in your own report, did you not? 
as a way of distinguishing be between proof beyond a reasonable doubt and evidence that falls short of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Correct. As an illustration of this, both Mueller and congressional investigations found that Trump's campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was secretly meeting with an operative linked to Russian intelligence named Konstantin Kalimnik, correct? That's my understanding, yes. And that Manafort, while chairman of the Trump campaign, gave that Russian intelligence operative the campaign's internal polling data, correct? That's what I've read in the news, yes. And that Manafort provided this information to Russian intelligence while Russian intelligence was engaged in that social media campaign and the release of stolen documents to help the Trump campaign, correct? You may be getting beyond the uh, depth of my knowledge, but... It's well, let me, let me say very simply, while Manafort, the campaign chairman for Donald Trump, was giving this Russian intelligence officer internal campaign polling data, Russian intelligence was helping the Trump campaign, weren't they? I, I, don't, I don't know that. You I really don't, don't know right. those very basic facts of the investigation? I know the general um, facts, yes. Do I know that particular fact myself? No. I mean, I know that I've read that in the media. And are you aware, uh, Mr. Durham, that Mueller and congressional investigations also revealed that Don Jr. was informed that a Russian official was offering the Trump campaign, quote, very high-level and sensitive information, unquote, that would be incriminating of Hillary Clinton was part of, quote, Russia and its government support of Mr. Trump? Are you aware of that? Sure. People get phone calls all the time from uh, individuals who claim to have information like that. Really, the son of a presidential candidate gets calls all the time from a foreign government offering dirt on their opponent? Is that what you're saying? I don't think this is unique in your experience. Uh, so you, uh, you have other instances of the Russian government offering dirt on uh, a presidential candidate to the presidential candidate's son. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Would you repeat the question? Uh, you said that it's not uncommon to get offers of help from a hostile foreign government and a presidential campaign directed at the president's son. You really stand by that, Mr. Durham? I'm saying that, it, that people can make phone calls um, making uh, claims uh, all the time that you may have experienced. Are you really trying to diminish the significance of what happened here and the secret meeting that the president's set, son set up in Trump Tower to receive that incriminating Information trying to diminish the significance of that, Mr. Turner? I'm not trying to diminish it at all, but I think the more complete story is that they met and it was a ruse and they didn't talk about Mrs. Clinton. Uh, and, and you think it's insignificant that he had a secret meeting with the Russian delegation for the purpose of getting dirt on Hillary Clinton, and the only disappointment expressed in that meeting was that the dirt they got wasn't better. You don't think that's significant? I don't think that that was a well-advised thing to do. Oh, no. oh, not, not well-advised. Right. Well, that's, that's the understatement of the year. So you think it's perfectly appropriate or, or maybe just ill-advised for a presidential campaign to secretly meet with a Russian delegation to get dirt on their opponent? You would merely say that's inadvisable? Yeah, if you're asking me what I do, it, I, don't, I hope I wouldn't do it. But it's, it was not illegal. Uh, it, was, it was stupid, foolish, ill-advised. Well, it, it is illegal to conspire to get... Uh, incriminating opposition research from a hostile government that is of financial value to a campaign wouldn't that violate campaign laws I don't know I don't know all those facts to be true well your report Mr. Durham doesn't dispute anything Mueller found did it 
No, our, our object, our aim was not to dispute Director Mueller. I have the greatest regard, highest regard for Director Mueller. He's a patriot. The only distinguishment between his investigation and yours <coughs> is he refused to bring charges where he couldn't prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, and you did. I yield back. What, what amazes me, by the way, first couple minutes of the podcast, nobody could hear what we were saying. So it wasn't just you, Apollo. It was everyone. I know. Um, we, we, as they go back and forth, one thing about Durham is that I don't believe he shot enough. And he called Mueller a patriot. He did. I, I don't know how to, I don't know what to take from that because calling, We're dealing with, and let me let me put this in perspective. We're dealing with a uh, a person that's sitting in the in the Oval Office, occupier, who got there from illegitimate means, whose son went out and created massive amounts of wealth for the Biden family. In essence, they they laundered money. To other part, Pete's and people and parts of the family, multiple people have come out saying this is what happened. You have you have recordings to this effect. You have Hillary Clinton, which everyone dies of suicide. I can't I can't even begin to put it all together and say to myself, "All right, there's nothing to see here. <laughs> Everything's fine." <laughs> oh, <laughs> President Trump colluded with Russia. Well, you know what he was what he was jabbing at there, right, Mister? Uh, oh, this might not be unfamiliar to you, Mister. Uh, I get pranked by Russians uh, offering stuff on Trump. Uh, the entire thing is a clown show. You, you see, uh, you know, his eyes like widen up right there. Uh, Adam Schiff is probably the most hypocritical piece of garbage that we've we've seen. We we talk about we talk about Adam Schiff and we talk about things that happen on the Republican side and the Democrat side. I think that Jim Jordan's probably the only one that I have experienced in all of the conversations I've had. Actually, that's not that's not. Uh, Paul Gasar is actually a guy that I think that I've had great conversations with as well. But every, most of the other people that are supposedly on our side, they do sound bites. Jim Jordan continues to go through and not do sound bites. But most of I don't the know. People- I think Jim Jordan is a little sound buddy. Gosar, I really trust. I, I have questions. Like, for instance, where's where is uh, Jordan supposedly getting a hundred grand a month? Where's that coming from? No, no idea. But I don't also know that that's actually accurate either. I don't know if it's accurate. I I don't know that Jim Jordan's getting a hundred thousand dollars a month. I don't I don't know that to be a fact. But I mean, if he is getting hundred thousand dollars a month, I'd like to know the answer to it. But I haven't heard that that's that that is definitive. I've heard a lot of conjecture that he's getting paid on the side. But then again, I've every single person in Congress gets money in order to weigh their vote. Every single person on both sides of the aisle, which which leads you back down to the fact that both it's a rigged game. It's an absolute rigged game. But I but I mean again. In, in 2020, when I was dealing with different congressional offices, when I dealt with, with Jim Jordan's office, the, the, the problem is you have multiple handlers that happen in their side, but he at least has stayed consistent in talking about what the Biden regime is doing. I haven't seen that same consistency in what Marjorie Taylor Greene's doing or Lauren Boebert's doing or 
And th- these are people that, you know, we, we, high, we hold in high, high regard, high esteem. But I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see that same. Jim has not moved away from talking about the corruption that exists inside of, and he even said it about his own party. So, so how, do you, how do you attack your own party to some degree and still be suspect? I just don't, I don't, I don't know if I would agree with that. Okay. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying I haven't seen I it. Just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't trust Jordan at all. But, um, yeah. The good news is we can... I don't trust anybody. Yeah, well, there you go. So there's a trust but verify. But Adam Schiff said that he's being effective if he gets censured. Yeah, I'd actually... So I believe we have Ivan. Do we have Ivan with us, Jared? We do. Well, it says if Ivan's ready, go ahead and bring on Ivan because I'd, uh, I'd like to <laughs> see what he thinks about uh, Adam Schiff being censored. Oh, and he's sitting down. Captain, I'm just uh, relaxing today. <clears throat> Ivan, What's up, gentlemen? You're, you're not sitting in a room. You're not sitting in a a committee room. No, I mean, the deep state marauder has to uh, have a little bit of break in between his marauding activities every once in a while. But actually, in a couple hours, I'll be doing the same thing. You'll be back. <clears throat> do, do yeah, yeah keep it on my Twitter. Um, you're gonna like what you're gonna see later today. So, what did you th- what what, <laughs> what do you think of the Durham the Durham report? <clears throat> it's like a several hundred page book report of information that you and I have already known for several years before he even launched his investigation four years ago. How about that? What he didn't what add any. What, what do you say Anything about new. him calling uh, Mueller a uh, patriot? So, <clears throat> I said years ago that if Mueller was serious within the first 48 hours, you would have seen him conduct criminal you know, indictments, arrests, etc. Kind of like how the Uniparty did with everybody that uh, exercised their First Amendment to expose the illegally conducted and illegally certified 2020 election by presenting themselves and speaking at you know on that topic on January 6th. Because he didn't do anything, <clears throat> that was my first indication that nothing's going to come out of this. He was there essentially appointed by both sides of the aisle so that he could essentially off-gas and basically delay, cajole those folks that were thinking that uh, you know truth and justice is going to come out. They're just going to rely on Durham to do the same. I mean, we saw that, right? Even folks like uh, Cash Patel were bamboozled into believing that Durham was going to do something. I was of the opinion that there's, if he was serious, it would have already been done. But because he wasn't serious, he was just there to cover up the previous cover-up, the previous cover-up. I think the best colloquy that explains what John Durham represents, it's from Matt Gates's five minutes with John Durham. So if you want, I mean, if you want to play that, and then talk about on the back end. I think that'd be more appropriate if you guys haven't had played that or, or have seen that yet. Hello. Which yeah, we do. Playing? We do have it. Uh, B. That is B one, I believe. Okay, so you have that ready, and then I think Troy Nels also hits it pretty well. Uh, we maybe we have time to discuss that as well. Yeah, I, I agree with Mr. Biggs. You've given us testimony today that you're disappointed the FBI didn't cooperate more, right? That was your testimony. Said that. Yeah. So. We're disappointed too, but the difference is when regular folks do things that are wrong and unlawful, there's typically 
greater effort to try to get those people before a grand jury to, to utilize criminal process where appropriate, not, not for other purposes. And it's just like, oh, well, Bill Priestep, the guy who might have set this whole op in motion, he just didn't want to talk to you about certain things, and you were real accommodating to that. And then Mifsud, the person who juices Papadopoulos to create this predicate that you find improper. You guys, you, I mean, did you ever know who his lawyer was, Mifsud's lawyer? Talked to his lawyer in Europe. Not a, I don't know if so he wait, wait, You could find the guy's States. lawyer, but you couldn't find him? We uh, contacted uh, somebody that we knew had, had, rep had represented him in a, a part of the effort to try to locate him. And you got the lawyer. And then now you're, you're sitting here in front of the judiciary saying you could find the guy's lawyer, but you couldn't effectuate the service of a subpoena because you couldn't find him? Well, you, first you know of all, that sounds? as you may or may not know, we wouldn't have um, the authority to serve a subpoena overseas. Um, the lawyer didn't know where Mifsud was. He was in communication uh, with him, but he claimed not to know where he was. And we were trying to arrange um, an opportunity to talk to Mifsud. Did you take uh, possession of two BlackBerry phones from Mifsud in any way? There were phones that were provided to us by the lawyer. So you could find the phones the guy. Correct. Do you see how silly this looks? Like you found the lawyer, you found the phones, but the actual dude who yeah. got ordered by Western intelligence to go start this thing you couldn't find? It, it, it's it's kind of laughable. It seems like more than disappointment. It seems like you weren't really trying to expose the true core of the corruption, that you were trying to, you were trying to go at it another way. Yeah. As we said in the um, report and as I said in my opening remarks, we pursued the facts as best we could. Well, how about this fact? That we have. Okay, how about this fact, Mr. Durham? The entire Mueller team does a hard reset on their Apple phone in synchronization to wipe away evidence. Did you investigate that? I've read that. Well, why didn't, did you investigate it? Who gave the order on the Mueller team to, to wipe the phones? Yeah, that was not something that we were um, asked to look at, and we well, didn't No, look that's at not that. true, Mr. Durham. That is not true, because I'm holding document that authorizes your activity and it specifically says the investigation of special counsel Robert Mueller it's in pair mr. chairman I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the order that says that you're supposed to inter investigate these things and so like whether it's the Mueller team Mifsud how about Azra Turk Azra Turk what's Azra Turk's real name do you know that I'm not going to be disclosing the names of FBI personnel that are oh, otherwise unavailable. But, but an FBI, so the FBI That's huge right there. Somebody. First time identified as an FBI person. Who gave the order to do that? I think that's beyond the scope of what's in the report. It's literally the scope of what your charging order is. Who put it in motion? We get after it was put in motion, the FBI did a bunch of wrong and corrupt things. Totally understand. We're trying to deal with that. But when you are part of the cover-up, Mr. Durham, mm. then it makes our job harder. Yeah, well, if that's your thought, I mean, there's no way of dissuading you from that. I can tell you that it's offensive and that the people who worked on this investigation have spent their lives trying to protect the people in this country and pursue within the law what it is that we, two, can, we are authorized Wait, to do. On. You tried two cases, lost both of them, and then the one plea, guilty plea you got, Kleinsmith, Kleinsmith is back to practicing law in Washington, D.C. today. Yeah, that's beyond my control. Right, but, but the, f the fact that you allowed that plea to occur, right, and, and then the punishment was insufficient, the fact that you didn't, you didn't charge Andrew McCabe, you didn't convict the lying Democrats or the lying Russians, you didn't investigate Mifsud or the Mueller probe, even though, as we sit here today in black letter, that was your charge. Have you ever heard of the Washington Generals? 
The Washington Generals, yes. Yeah, and, and they're the team that basically gets paid to show up and lose, right? <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm sure that the players who um, exert blood, sweat, and tears don't view it that way, but you might. I think they do. I think they do because the job of the Washington Generals is to show up every night and to play the Harlem Globetrotters. And their job well, I'm is thinking, to lose. I'm sorry, of a different, I was thinking of a different Yeah, thing. yeah, so their job is to lose. And I'm kind of wondering... And, and it, just see, it just seems so facially obvious that it's not what's in your report that's telling. Mm. It's the omission. It's the lack of work you did. And for the people like the chairman who put trust in you, I think you let them down. I think you let the country down. And you are one of the barriers to the true accountability that we need. Do I get to respond to that or comment on that? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've ever investigated a crime. Um, if I don't know that you have. I didn't, you didn't investigate these, Mr. Durham. <laughs> Whether or How about not, Andy McCabe? Did you charge him? Did you yeah. investigate him? Gentlemen, gentlemen, time has expired. The witness can respond, and then we'll move on to our last uh, last. I don't know, sir, whether or not you've ever had occasion to uh, try to investigate crimes under the rules and regulations and under the Constitution that we're bound by. Um, we can gather evidence in particularly lawful ways. Um, can't charge people because we might think it's not something. Just that we you can didn't charge. charge you didn't investigate. You didn't time. investigate the Mueller team Gentlemen's wiping time. their phones, Gentlemen's and you won't time. tell us who gave the orders because you're protecting those people. Gentlemen's time has expired. There you go. That encapsulates encapsulates what I've been saying for the last four years, maybe. Yep. But I do like how Matt Gates framed it. The analogy was perfect. You are, are you aware of the Washington? Uh, was it generals? You're basically being paid by the taxpayer to lose purposefully in order to protect the uniparty cabal. All the members, the corrupt members of the DOJ and the FBI, of which he's a part of as special counsel, U.S. attorney, right, formally, guess what? He's just there to protect his beloved patriot that he calls his beloved that he just, you know, oh, my gosh, my Robert Mueller. What does that mean by extension? If, if beloved Robert Mueller is his, uh, his messiah... Uh, special counsel's messiah, then who appointed Robert Mueller in this whole scheme? It was Rod Rosenstein for the second time around. Let's let's backtrack that. Rod Rosenstein was appointed by George H.W. Bush as, excuse me, George Bush as the, George W. Bush as U.S. attorney for the District of Balt Maryland, right, in Baltimore. And then he was the only U.S. attorney of all 94 U.S. attorneys in the country to remain in that position after Bush left and Obama came in. The term that comes to my mind is deep state. Well, when you start to look at his background, he happens to be the longest serving U.S. attorney in the country's history, I believe, Rod Rosenstein, later elevated to be the deputy attorney general over at the DOJ who was the one that appointed Robert Mueller to be special counsel after President Trump refused to take Robert Mueller to be the FBI director that would replace James Comey. Well, so if James Comey is refused, uh, excuse me, fired, Robert Mueller is teed up in order to be the next FBI director by, oh, let's just say Mike Pence, and that doesn't work. What happens? What phone calls occur between the Pence camp, Bush, and Cheney camp to call over to Rod Rosenstein for him to, on the following day, write up a memo creating the special counsel? That's kind of a coincidental timeline there. And then who ends up becoming the FBI director? Uh, Chris Christie's t uh, bestie by the name of Chris Ray, who was behind the scenes also teed up by Mikey Pence.
So now do you see why John Durham, or excuse, yeah, John Durham was appointed as special counsel? He was there to manage the release of any incriminating information of the individuals that I just mentioned on the right. And then also basically to repeat and regurgitate what the country has already known for the last seven years, basically, on what was occurring on the left. That's why you hear a lot of the noises coming from those that are Republic, claim to be Republicans in Congress. Oh, it was Hillary Clinton, the campaign, the this and that. We already know this for right, seven so, years. So, so Ivan, we, we keep talking about the same thing over and over and over again. And we look at the Durham testimony. I listened to all of it last night. And uh, I'm a little disappointed. I'm disappointed and I'm underwhelmed. I'm underwhelmed. Like that, that back and forth with, with Matt Gates was great. Matt's calling him out. Now we find out that it's an FBI, it's someone within the FBI, which we, we have zero confidence in the FBI collectively. And so we're, we're pulling back the curtains. We're exposing all of these things. But, but Ivan, there, there's, no, there's no outcome. We, we don't. There, there's no outcome that leads to accountability. There's no accountability, right? One person, not one. Bog and pony show. Let's let's go after, let's go after Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff put, says this. He says, "I get censured, then I'm effective." Now, keep in mind, this is the same Adam Schiff that, during censuring of other Republican uh, members of Congress, was like, "Yeah, we need to teach them a lesson." Let's go ahead and play this. You can you can see it in the. This, by the way, is absolute evil. Wait, wait, I, want to can, can, I want to make one more comment, if I may, Joe, on the previous clip. All right? Yeah. Yeah, so the one thing that came out of that exchange, and I think one of the big bombshells that a lot of people overlooked, is the name Azra Turk was mentioned by Matt Gates, And John Durham responded and paused and said, I'm not going to talk about FBI officers. What does that mean? For people who don't know who Azra Turk is, Azra Turk was a woman, that's not her real name, that was deployed in order to honey trap George Papadopoulos as part of this op in order to create the frame that there was Russian interference and collusion with the Trump campaign. Okay. Let me say that again. An FBI officer, which John Durham basically said that she was, was deployed in order to instigate facilitate and cite an op so that they would prove what they wanted to basically allege to be true because they couldn't prove it so they had to create an entrapment or attempt an entrapment to showcase that case that there was going to be eventually russian collusion which they failed across the board so now we have to take a look at and see who is this woman and then who ran the op and i think matt gates alluded to it a guy by the name of bill Priestap, and uh it will be interesting what happens to him and, by the way, his nephew, if you're watching. Lawyer up, buddy. Lawyer, lawyer up to have no consequences. I mean, you can see. Not, not if I'm involved. Okay, so at the end of it, I want to get back to it again. We, we have these conversations about this you know, two-tier justice system, which we're going to get to a little bit of that here in a minute. But Adam, Here's Schiff, what's probably going to happen, Joe. They're just going to basically say no to the new headquarters of the FBI. That's what basically is going to be the political solution. Meanwhile, they're going to be able to continue to do what they're doing with impunity unless you and I basically bankrupt faux news. Tucker Carlson gets in the fight even more so than what he already has in order to educate the country that they've been completely, uh, let's just call it what, for what it is. The FBI and the DOJ just gang raped America for the last seven years. 
So how, how much longer are you going to allow them to conduct domestic terrorist activities at taxpayer expense? All right. Well, I want to play. You're, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. But, but their appetite to take more from the American people and enslave the American people has not gone down. It's gone up. And, and nobody wants to talk about everyone. We want to talk about the history and who's involved. And frankly, to me, if you don't have accountability, we can talk about all these people all day long, twice on Sunday. We can literally knock down doors. We just proved that Durham actually went after someone and it was proven in court, proven in court. He actually did go after someone. He was found not guilty. Right? The same people that were involved in the spying on Trump and the Trump campaign back in 2016 into 2017 are the same individuals that were involved in the censorship industrial complex in order for the information about their spying to not be placed out there in the public and then to be able to commit the subsequent coup attempts with the final successful coup of January 6, 2021. Brian Otten, uh, Joe Pientka III, Elvis Chan, Jim Baker, those were the censorship industrial complex folks that go back to their involvement in Crossfire Hurricane. We got it all mapped out. So now what? I say we castrate the DOJ and the FBI and the offices that house those individuals and then also not, not just, not just yeah. home enroll them and uh, basically not pay them a cent, but there needs to be a, a, attorneys general within these different states. Like the Virginia attorney general at this point should be going in, raiding and arresting Chris Ray in Prince William County with the Prince William County Sheriff. I volunteer to be on that, uh, to be the, the point man on the breach team, but I need to be deputized to do so. So, so let me, let, me, uh, let me do this really quick. We have a rumble rant. Uh, Paula was in a different discreet location every day. Thank you, TR85. Thanks for showing up every day and continuing the fight, Joe and Apollo. Uh, by the way, I love that David is filling in a couple days a week. So David, just so everyone knows, David Clements is on the team and, and is going to be uh, taking over some of the duties and some of the shows. So you'll be able to see a lot more of David. We're looking, really, we're looking forward to that. Um, I want to play this because I want to I want to kind of get this focused in on on what's happening with Schiff and what happened in in the uh, Durham hearing uh, the, because there's more. I mean, th- there's much more that we we need to discuss. But this is Adam when he when he actually uh, gets asked about the censoring. Let's go ahead and play it. A two. One sec, Joe. Sorry about that. I got you. They take it as a badge of honor because uh, this says that I'm effective. Uh, they go after people they think are effective. Uh, I exposed the corruption of the former president. I led the first impeachment trial of the former president to the first bipartisan vote to remove a president in U.S. history. Uh, and I'm proud of that work. And I would do it again. You see the smugness. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Paula. Hi. Hello. Oh my Ivan. gosh. Wait, 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 let me put I my can... shock shocked face on my face. <laughs> you did amazing. And that Sorry. Adam Schmidt, <laughs> that clip was perfect. But uh, Ivan or or Tori, by the way, for those who don't know, this is Tori, not Apollo. Just if you can't tell the difference, it's definitely different. We, we, no mustache. We, 
No, no mustache. M- much di- there's a lot more. De- oh, a lot. On on having to deal with nobody told me you were going to be on. I have so many questions now. Yeah, he just called opened up a whole can of worms that we should not even go into. Let's stick to the script. Yes. Okay, so I like. I I, I got to ask this question about about uh, Schiff and the censoring vote. He said that he exposed the corruption of President Trump. What corruption? He's, these people are allowed to lie with impunity. Great clip t- talks about what he did. But the fact that he's able to get on to Fox News, and if you read the rest of that, of that, Fox News doesn't come back and say it's a lie. They don't call it out for being a lie. Never heard of that organization. Which one? Faux News. Don't, don't mispronounce it. It's called Faux News. The, the issue that I have, is that Adam Schiff- let, let me expound upon that real quick, Joe, because here's the deal. I've been to, I went to the Sussman trial. I went and observed that. I observed the Danchenko trial. I monitored what was going on with the other one, with the, the uh, settlement, whatever, the agreement with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Klein Smith. And i also been to multiple hearings. So I've been tracking what this guy's been doing. Uh, and bottom line is, faux news only shows up when it thinks it has some content that would keep eyeballs on their platform. We need to get off of that platform. I I don't care what urge you have and what guest is on there that you like. I'm starting, uh, I said last week, anybody that goes on phone news and helps them create content to make them money, I'm canceling you. I'm no longer going to be following your work. That is the only way we're going to get the message out. And I'm saying that to members of Congress. I say, hey, guess what? If you go on there, guess what? You're going to give me a reason to come after you. Okay, so with that said. Because you're complicit. With, with that said, I want to put this up, and then, Tori, I'll let you respond. When, when we talk about the media, when we talk about our effectiveness out there, we have got to settle down and try to figure out a way that we actually focus on a consequence. And that that consequence becomes the thing that becomes most important. The pain, the pain of it. It happened with Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch. They lost $23 billion. Target is still on the decline. I don't think that's ever going to come back. But while these American brands are being pressed up, other brands that aren't American are being pressed up or pressed down. Other American brands are being, or other brands that aren't American are being pressed up. We keep, we keep going through the motions and we keep allowing things like Twitter to do what they did. I want to point this out if I can. Pull this up. This is Tucker Carlson's page. Okay. This is Tucker Carlson's page on Twitter. And I want you to go to number one, his number one episode, and then we'll go all the way up to number five episode. Even Twitter, under this new, whatever you want to call it, is, is, is putting the brakes on the conversation to be had. And so we've got to figure out what the consequence is, and we've got to be able to sidestep the Fox News, the CNNs, all of the, the fake news, the CIANNs. We've got to be able to sidestep that stuff and come up with a consequence that we can actually show. Go all the way down to episode one, if you would. So if you look at episode one, it reached 118 million people. It opened up. He said, I'm going to put everything on Twitter. He put it up there on Twitter. That was episode one. Go up just a little bit, so you could, down just a little bit so you can see the difference. First episode down, 
no, go go down down to episode one so I can see that. All right, hundred eighteen point eight million people saw that first one, right? And it was good. Let's go to the second one. The second one, fifty nine million people saw it. Okay, fifty nine million people saw it. Episode three, hundred one million people saw it. Hundred one million point five people saw it. Let's go to episode four. Episode four, 30 million people saw it. He attacked who? Biden. Episode five, 13.8 million. Go ahead, take it down. If you look at the modeling, the whole model, and by the way, that clip that, that Tucker had, which on, on five, was spot on. More spot on than four, more spot on than three. A sharper sword. Tori, tell me why now Twitter is getting in this battle. Tell me why Twitter is stopping Tucker Carlson for having an effective voice. Well, effective voices cost money, right? And there are interests that need to be addressed. So, you know, this is, this is a problem. I mean, you know, I love Elon Musk. He's doing great things. But on the other hand, you just have to look. You know, the stuff that James O'Keefe has been putting out about BlackRock. You know, they own the majority of Tesla, right? And there are interests. And, and I, I think we've had this conversation a number of times when the media has interests and in investors or that, you know, they're selling socks. You know, there are certain things you can and cannot say. And, and, and that's how you're owned, you know. And um, James O'Keefe took a, a, a good route, something that I've been saying. You know, I don't have sponsors. You know that, Joe, right? Yeah. And yeah. my, my, my work for Fortune 1000, it's the people. And if you make content and they like it, they support it. And that's some, an avenue that Tucker should take, you know? And he doesn't have to demand that people subscribe, right? But people will provide you the income to continue doing what you're doing if you are giving them what they need. And, uh, you know, people are not seeing that. Instead, they're getting advertisers where they won't be able to say things. You know, the VPNs, for example. There's a bunch of people that are in the whole America First movement that are pushing VPNs that are owned by, you know, CGI, you know, Canadian intelligence. You know, and, 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 and how do you fix that? They can't go against it, but they're, you know, it's, it's, it's harsh. And Tucker has a good voice. And we've seen that. You know, you saw his speech at the Heritage Foundation. It was phenomenal. He did a fantastic job. You and know, that's something, you know, uh, that even, I, I, I see you nodding, Ivan. You know I'm, what I'm saying is right. You know that in the intelligence community, what do we look at first? Who's the one sponsoring you? Who is paying your bills? Who's keeping the roof over your head, right? And Twitter, though it's trying to remain neutral, it still has sponsors. I mean, and I know that Elon has put implemented methods like subscriptions and, you know, pay for your blue to recover the costs that, Twitter has lost income for because they're allowing all voices on there. And the media complex, the industri media industrial complex, which is just like the military industrial complex, there are one in the same. Uh, you know, this, 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 this has to be remedied. We can't have free press if we have donors. This is why we had Pfizer commercials all the time, you know, throughout the pandemic. We had a ton of that happening because these are the people that are funding them. And if they don't say it, they don't get paid. It's pretty simple. Okay, so you're absolutely right. But let's let's look at this. I put this this up and I want, and then uh, Ivan, I wanna, I wanna know your opinion. And I don't even know if people are paying attention to this. 
and, and and what's important about what I'm what I'm showing you is that Elon Musk owns less of Tesla, and and this is as of February. So he actually had some stock grants. So maybe he's he's back up to where he beats them. But BlackRock, BlackRock Vanguard, and State Street have a combined thirteen point five eight percent stake in Tesla. BlackRock, who who just went after BlackRock? How many people have gone after BlackRock? Matter of fact, if you go onto Twitter and you try to look at banned things on Twitter and you try to put in hashtag BlackRock, <laughs> it, it would literally block you. Vanguard owns 6.85%. BlackRock and State Street find have 3.6 and 3.13% stake respectively. So think about what is happening here when the effective voice what would happen if Vanguard said, I'm going to dump 6.85%? Ivan, what would happen to the stock of Tesla if they dumped 6.85% of Tesla? I got you. I mean, it's a rhetorical question, but you're focused on negatives. You know me. I always try to stick with the, the, the gems of positivity, and we got to keep it entertaining too, because otherwise you're going to grind people's morale into the ground. And let's, if we can go back to the Durham hearing, one person that I think effectively slams who we need to slam. Positivity. I just wanted to say, just because they fund him doesn't mean he doesn't know how to toe the line. Sometimes you have to be on the inside to make corrections. I just wanted to state that. It does not mean that Elon Look, I, is not helping with free speech, I'm, right? I don't think that Elon is pulling these strings. I don't think no. Elon is pulling the strings. I think we have... Pulling the line very well for us. And, and he has, he's trying to change things slowly, which you have to change things slowly. I mean, look, as bad as it is, Ivan, I, I'm not about talking about the negative, just so you know. I'm all about positive and creating a positive return. But I'm also sick and tired of us talking about hopium and that, uh, you know, that someone's going to drive in a big white horse. And oh my gosh, cute, cute, cute. That's why everybody was hopium about Don, John Durham. I'm one of the few guys that said, uh, there's nothing here. So we need to actually get involved ourselves. And so, I mean, people see me right in the back and uh, in the hearings. That's not the important part. The important part is we're trying to educate the lemmings and the masses of society that have been censored. C-SPAN is one of the few venues that is not censorable, right? So when you have in the front of the witness the Matt Gateses of the world and the Troy Nells of the world, etc., that can go ahead and attack them and confront them in person, and behind them is sitting patriots like us. I mean, there's other people in there, and you can see in the nonverbals. It's educating the masses that what they're seeing is representative of what majority of Americans think because it's uncensored. When it's censored and manipulated with AI bots, etc., you can then skew things. Number two, it's it provides the impetus to make deep changes in our infrastructure at the government level. Uh, that wouldn't have occurred had we not had these hearings. The whole purpose of that hearing yesterday is to give the uh, the mechanism for that committee to propose a more limited FISA, a more, I guess, check and balance in the FISA process, and then potentially, potentially limiting the authorities and the role in the funding of those institutions that have conducted this lawless unconstitutional activities. I get it. Individual actors will not be prosecuted for their past transgressions but maybe structurally moving forward there'll be a slight change which obviously is only going to be 0.1 percent of what you and i want which basically I, I i and then in addition to that when we're in those hearings 
there's access to these members of Congress at a level that you normally wouldn't get because you're able to communicate with them directly. And when you're providing them ideas and solutions, uh, they start to somewhat incorporate that into their colloquy. Uh, so when I'm sitting there and I'm listening to Congressman Matt Gates, I'm literally silently screaming and yelling, yes, because... He and in Victoria Sparts of Indiana, as well as whether it's Andy Biggs, whether it's Troy Nels already mentioned, or Harriet Hageman, the woman who destroyed and obliterated Lizzie Cheney in last year's election in Wyoming, they're starting to get it. So more and more members of Congress are starting to get it to the point where we're going to get to the rhinos and those that are China first Republicans, they're going to be kind of, their constituents are going to be educated to apply the necessary pressure to those weak, toxic, feckless cowards to at least not get in the way of solutions. Because up until this point, they were blocking solutions. Now they're just going to be like neutral. And that's where we're going to start moving in the right direction. I, I, that's my I, monologue. Go, go ahead, Tori. You're, you're muted. You're muted. You're muted. Tori, you're muted. I can't hear Tori. Apollo, you're a bad producer, Apollo. Well, Apollo's not there. It's, sure. not, it's not on our side. Better? Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> so I wanted to say, when I was watching the hearings, I was so excited to actually see you there. Because like you said, it's important <laughs> to see people there fighting, like, you know, physically. And if I could be there, I would have been there too. Um, I'm kind of excited because a lot of people had told me in the past, oh, Durham's a myth that doesn't exist. Now, I know you say that only 0.1% maybe. But, you know, one thing I didn't hear during the hearing is talking about James Clapper, right? Because James Clapper was the source of this Russia hoax, right? And there was a time where intelligence community professionals, and I, and I put it in my documentary, it's in there, where they questioned it. And they said, you have gone on TV. All of these people have gone on TV and said these things. And there is no factual evidence to support what you're saying. And this is before the Durham report. You know, so to include Bullshift, Adam Bullshift, yeah. Well, Adam, Adam went through a humiliation ritual. I mean, people were looking at Durham. I thought he was trying to hold back laughter. I mean, he brought up the Ukrainian slash Russian jerky boys that I've been playing over and over again for years <laughs> on my This is going to bite him in the tush at some point because you can't take him seriously. You know, and now they're trying to make Schiff look like a hero, that it's a badge of honor, that he's censored. You know, I'm disappointed, you know, that people aren't talking more about um, Adam Schiff's ties with um, Ukraine, you know, through Igor Pasternak mm -hmm. and how the DOD had funded 75 million dollars of our money for this the Vinman brothers the sean miscos oh, the eric Cheramellas, the what, what do all we're gonna people have in common what do they all have in yeah, common? ukraine we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get it done we're gonna I, get I, it done right I, it's spirit. almost as though i happen to serve on the ukraine crisis team in the pentagon in 2014 when that was kicking off at the first time oh, around you mean the time that I was almost Ukraine. all right so guys i want to do a couple of shout outs for some rumble rants that are relevant uh, I'm going to have to bounce because I got, I got my next op that I need to do. Your next op. <laughs> All right, give me a second, though. Joe, the problem is these traitors and cowards hide behind unqualified immunity. That's right. There's a shield that, that right there shields a scumbag like Schiff or swallows well from any accountability. That's from Southcom 94 
75 SATCOM, thanks for the Rumble rant. And then this one uh, from Gentry D. Uh, love Troy Neal's Clinton News Network and reference to Yum Yum <laughs> peeing on Swalwell. <laughs> that I was the best. That's why you got to play that. That was the that. one I'm referring to. Yeah, we have to. Play totally it. morale booster. I mean, part of this is it's uh, information operations. Total morale booster when he did that. I'm in the room. We're like total uproar. I'm like, oh wait, oh good. Everyone else is doing the same thing. Is they're not going to be throwing me out of the room? All right, this is B, <laughs> this is B two. This is B two. Let's go ahead and play. It is six minutes. You're going to have to hang on, Ivan. But I, I want you to hear this because this was awesome. All right. Yeah. Oh, you saw it. Okay. Let's, let's revel in it. I'll leave on a positive note. All right. Let's do it. Uh, the American people were forced to endure years of the Trump-Russia probe. And for what? I'll tell you why. It's because my Democrat colleagues across the aisle, the Clintons, the dishonest mainstream media, and the rest of the deep state have been terrified of Donald Trump from the beginning. And their hatred and fear remains today. From the 34-count felony indictment from the radical DA in Manhattan to the most recent 37-count felony indictment in Mar-a-Lago. They just won't stop. They won't stop. Mr. Durham, I want to walk through a few things for the American people in this 300-page this report on Crossfire Hurricane. For those that are watching who don't know, this was the code name for the investigation undertaken by the FBI into whether the Trump campaign was coordinating with Russia to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. Mr. Durham, it says on page nine, at the direction of FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe and FBI Deputy Assistant Director for Counterintelligence Peter Strzok, Crossfire Hurricane was opened immediately. Is that correct? That's correct. First, let's talk about who these two characters were. On page nine of your report, it says Strzok and Deputy Director McCabe, Special Assistant, had pronounced hostile feelings hostile feelings toward Trump. In text messages before and after the opening of Crossfire Hurricane, the two had referred to him as loathsome, an idiot, Donald Trump an idiot, someone who should lose to Clinton 100 million to zero and struck once wrote, will stop, meaning Trump, from becoming president. So here we have these two leaders in the FBI, struck clearly expressing his hatreds towards Trump from the beginning, opening an investigation six months before the 2016 election. And where are these two guys now? McCabe, he's been a contributor at CNN, the Clinton News Network, since 2019. And Strzok is an expert on the Marlago raid. Strzok is an expert on the Marlago raid. Both continuing to dispel lies to the American people. On page 10 in your report, within days after opening Crossfire Hurricane, the FBI opened full investigations on members of the Trump campaign team. The FBI then began working on requests of the use of FISA authorities against Carter Page. Is that correct? That's correct. Folks, let me highlight who this American hero is. Carter Page was painted as an alleged Russian agent. Carter Page served his nation honorably. He was a Naval Academy graduate, and the FBI spied on Carter Page through the use of FISA authority. Sir, do you believe that this FISA warrant against Carter Page was flawed? Yes. Mr. Durham, Section 702 of, of, of FISA expires this year, and I'm sure you're familiar with FISA and Section 702. Just for the people listening at home, FISA stands for the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which was created in 1978. In 2008, FISA 702 was added. Section 702 was created for us to have the authority to spy on non-U.S. citizens, non-U.S. citizens. Mr. Durham, we all know that Carter Page is an American citizen who served his nation honorably, and yet the FBI 
conducted surveillance, including wiretaps, based on falsified information provided by agents in the FBI, Mr. Page was an honest American, innocent man. Mr. Durham, the FBI obviously abused its FISA authority. They went after Carter Page, and it's my intent, and I hope the intent of my colleagues, that we do not reauthorize Section 702 because the FBI cannot be trusted. Finally, I want to talk about Charles Dolan and Mr. Danchenko, who was the main source of the Steele dossier. Dolan had played multiple roles in the Democrat National Committee, Democrat Party. He worked on both Clinton campaigns, Bill and Hillary. He was working with them, friends. On page, of your 15, page 15 of your report, it says that in the summer and fall of 2016, Dolan and Denchenko traveled to Moscow in connection with a business conference. The business conference was held at the Ritz-Carlton in Moscow, which according to the Steele reports, was allegedly the site of salacious sexual conduct on the part of Trump. Parents, if you're watching, earmuffs for your kids now, folks. Put earmuffs for your children. Mr. Durham, was this salacious sexual conduct? What is that? Um, the allegation was that... Um, okay, don't, don't answer it. I will. Okay. Think about this, America. In the game of politics, it gets dirty and nasty. And the people will say anything to beat their opponent. But this is the government doing it. Even the director of the FBI, Comey, said, it's possible Trump was with hookers peeing on each other. Christopher Steele said an infamous Trump pee tape probably exists. Alleged pee tape incident was the only sex Trump party in Russia. You want to irritate the suburban mom at home? Five months before an election, tell them the Republican leading candidate is peeing on prostitutes. We are aware of the member of this committee having an alleged affair with a Chinese spy. I refer to it as yum yum. But this is a new law for anyone. And I would hope Mr. Swalwell would agree with me. <laughs> that was me. Imagine if somebody would have said and taken it this step further. Mr. Swalwell was, was time peeing the, on yum yum. Time of the gentleman. It's unacceptable. This has got to stop. The FBI needs to. Time of the gentleman has expired. I yield back. Um, Gentle, the Mr. gentleman. Mr. Chairman, I ask that the last comments be stricken. With respect to Mr. Swalwell. <laughs> All, uh, my point is this. If you want to say the President of the United States was in Russia peeing on prostitutes or vice versa, I'm just saying, could you imagine how that would affect any member of this committee? It would affect you. You're going to pick up a primary opponent, I'll guarantee that. That's a little different. If I could, to the gentleman from the chair, has been very lenient in things being said. Previous speaker from the Democrats called the former president of the United States all kinds of things. And we sat here and let it go. Probably should have said something then. Maybe everyone should be careful about what they say. Um, and the gentleman from Maryland is recognized for his five minutes. Uh, but, we have to move fast. Before we get to that, Mr. Chairman, those rules don't cover the rules that govern. <laughs> oh, look at look at the guy front. Look at Harry Hagman laughing. Look at General <laughs> they, they do cover statements about members of the committee and members of the House. And I've admonished, the I've admonished the gentleman. He should watch what he says, just like other members should watch what they say about the former president of our country. <laughs> Harry Reid, that's it. Harry Reid. Harry Reid was actually in a brothel in Nevada and he had hookers peeing on himself. He's the one that delivered the dossier to Mother Jones, remember? That was the funniest part. Was it Yum Yum back then too? Or her mom? <laughs> I don't know. It was his brothel. A brothel in Nevada. It was like a scandal. And I was like, did they pull a story? Because he delivered it. Maybe he just had it his own story to make it realistic. <laughs> No, that was fantastic, I thought. 
Uh, yeah. By the way, I, I got to give a shout out to Congressman Troy Nels. I did meet with him uh, last week. That's breaking news. Who'd you meet with? <laughs> Congressman Nels. <laughs> really? Now we have two. We have two more rumble rants, and then I, I gotta, gotta go. I gotta go. Hold on. I gotta, gotta go. Really I gotta... No, I'm out. You're leaving. Peace. Yeah. All right. Hey, Ivan. All right. Bro, see you guys. See you soon. Good right. seeing Tori. Apollo, Joe. Peace. Yep. We'll talk. We got two rumble rants. I want to give a shout out to Grammy, Gammy Sparkles, by the way, the one person that helped us. She continues to fight, but um, you know, if, if any of you guys wonder about real estate, she is a realtor out of Colorado and does amazing work. And she's the one that found all the anthrax of the property that we we're going to purchase as the Patriot Palooza down in Texas. So uh, to stand up to you, to stand up, you just need to see the millions of kids killed, mutilated, and trafficked, and who is funding that Shiza Kaka <laughs> Gammy Gur. Okay, Gammy, I, I, I think I got all that out. And then uh, Lori K3QQ, thanks for all warriors in this battle, and God bless all. Thank you. Thank you for the rumble rant. Um, so we just saw a, a video of, and they wanted to strike it. They wanted to strike truth from, and it wasn't like he said that Swalwell got peed on. He said, well, imagine what would happen if that was the case. And the radical left just got pissed off and had to go through a five-minute conversation over it. They do nothing but lie and say crap about us all the time, and we just have to take it. We just have to take it. Because he said that they were talking about the president and using comments about the president that frankly were salacious they were false they were hyperbolic they were lies and people on our side were like yeah we know they're lies and this is what i talk about when i say that we have to be able to call them out at every turn and we don't well okay so it was hilarious okay and it was good the call out i'm just it, it, i want to ask you a question i'm not gonna oh we can probably discuss this offline though joe but during the uh, hearing yeah. did you notice that adam schiff there was an, a weird exchange between Adam Schiff and Jim Jordan. No, I didn't Almost that. Schiff had something on Jordan. Do you have that? Do you have that cut? Do we know where that cut no, exists? No, I've been I've been working all day. I literally popped in um, to see you know how he's doing because we have a ton of stuff to do later, and um, I um, I'm going to be putting that together. I'll send it to you so yeah, you can have do. it show at some point but you know it was actually fascinating to watch the hearing because you know this is where you have durham that so many people were like oh it's a myth nothing's happening we have a lot of people that are claiming you know he's not you know arresting people he's not doing anything that's not his job right now because he's not the only one doing things i mean have people seen how many indictments we have how many elected former officials and people have been prosecuted that, that has gone completely under the radar i mean we're having a cage fight between zuck and elon right now like can you say distraction any better i mean i don't know why there's no pay-per-view for that you know, these are things that, you know, we need to be focusing on and just listening to the words, you know, answers that uh, Durham had, uh, you know, given, which were pretty simple. And they were, I can't comment on that, you know, and these are other things. Or when, when was it, with, who was the guy that was uh, harassing him to say things 
oh, I'm trying to remember. And he was like, that wasn't the scope of my thing. I'm not understanding what you're saying kind of thing. Do you remember that exchange? Who was the, who was the Democrat asking questions? Oh, Do you remember? Um, and he was like, I'm not understanding your question where he was like, yeah, Russia, Russia. And he's like, uh, and he was talking about Trump Jr. in the tower, which is ridiculous because it shows you that that representative has no idea what he's talking about. Because we all know that meeting at Trump Tower where Manafort and Don Jr. were had a wiretap on Manafort's phone, which they accessed remotely, right, through Loretta Lynch. So everybody knows what it was. And he was like, oh, it wasn't about adoptions. It was about relieving sanctions from Russia. And Durham put him in his place and said, listen, that's not what happened. What happened was they were coming allegedly to discuss, uh, you know, HRC information. When they turned up, they were talking about adoption. And he's like, that's not part of my scope. And so he was trying, oh, his Cohen, wasn't it? Cohen that had that exchange? Was it Cohen? I, shoot, I'm I trying to remember. I, no, I don't no. actually remember what you're talking I about. I remember, uh, maybe someone, I'll look into it, but it was, um, it was um, either Cohen or Schiff. See, someone said Cohen too. It was the most remarkable interaction I had seen in a long time where he's talking about Don Jr. and he's demanding that this Russia hoax sticks and he was going to die on that hill. And Durham educated him and put him in his place. And it was Cohen. Other people are saying it in the chat too. I think it was Cohen because I was watching it I late at night. Schiff, I remember Schiff having Cohen. Well, I was supposed I to be picking Cohen. up from the airport late. So that's why I was up and I was just watching, you know, clips. Or was it this morning before the skip? I don't remember. But it, regardless, it was the most interesting exchange. It was like, he was out of the loop and he was sticking to a story that made no sense. And John Durham repeatedly told him, Hey, listen, I I'm not understanding your question. I can't respond because I don't understand it. And he just kept making statements and then he wanted to yield his time. Oh, and that's where he invoked the Lord. He said, you know, your reputation is whatever. And he said exactly what I say too all the time. Um, my, I, me, who I am and how people view me matters only to the people that matter to me and my Lord, right? Those are the people that I care about when they talk about me. And it was, yeah, it was Cohen. And it was the most incredible exchange, Joe, because it showed um, how, you know, fir you know, firm he was on what he said and um, everything that, you know, he was saying was a narrative that didn't make sense, you know? And, but I was actually disappointed that Clapper's name didn't come up um, because he coordinated it all. And I remember back in uh, 2019 and 2018, I was telling people, hey, at the beginning of January, um, Brennan actually gave a briefing to Obama, you know, for the second FISA warrant, the renewal. There was a briefing that was had to talk about the Russia hoax and the plans that they had. And in fact, Obama even invoked uh, Chief Justice Roberts to see how they can remedy it. And if you notice between the two FISA warrant applications, there were a lot more pages in the second one to beef it up. So it was, um, it was in reference to the discussions of that time period because of Trump Tower and you know, when Strzok and Brennan were down in London and picking up more information. So it was, it was pretty, it was that I think for me, the best clip was that where he invoked God and said, I don't care about my reputation. I only care how people that I value see me. Right. And how God sees me, you know, I would, 
rather, you know, be judged by God and I don't care about other people. It was kind of that message and that was uh, fantastic. Um, and I think he alluded many times during his um, discussions that there's other people that are doing other things. And there, there, um, there absolutely is. So let, let me, let me just, let, let me, there's a couple things that I want to knock out here. One, and, and I want to, there were so many sparring, sparring that goes back and forth. But one of the things that came up is that uh, this unequal two-tier justice system. And, you know, we, we haven't talked a lot about, about this, and Wesley Hunt from Texas talked about it. I mean, it, he, it, when he's walking through the, tier, the hearing, he is actually talking about the two-tier justice system and the fact that the American people are, they're, they're fed up with it. They're, 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 they're fed, they're, we're done with it. But, but, and, and, it, and actually, rap stars that got put up, upstream for three to five years, they're going, wait a minute. Hold on a second. So as Americans, we basically get to be persecuted, prosecuted, hung. They do whatever they want to us. But when we start talking about that, about them, we, we get put in this place where, no, it, we, we get to let them skate. We get to let them live rent-free in a $30 million uh, mansion on the, on the edge of Malibu. We get to let them have secret service entourages and and we get to go over to with to barisma and 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 funnel money back to our family and smoke crack and hold a gun and do 450 crimes look at this report 450 crimes and 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 the things that they charged him with only one of them is in that book over 450 crimes most of those are felonies and he gets off with a couple slaps on the wrist well, the American people go up the river three, five, ten years, and they want us to have respect for the judiciary. Let's go ahead and play this if we can. This is the cut of of and Donald Trump re re truth that he said: if you're a Biden, you're protected. If you're a Clinton, you're protected. If you're a Trump, you'll be prosecuted. Americans are fed up with the selective justice and two tiered system in this country. It is now exposed that the judiciary is captured, and it's a clown show. They're liars. They don't, they don't even have to even pretend that they follow the law because we don't hold them accountable. Go ahead and play it. Pull, pull the video down and this play country, it. This country, and it's terrifying. We have that ability. So okay. I applaud your work. I actually find you to be sincere. That's how I grabbed it, Joe. Sorry, it's on me. All right, well, if we, can we, can we, can we can we play it or we not have it the ability to play it? Yeah, I can play it. Okay, let's go ahead and play it. And working on behalf of the American people, and I recognize that. Um, but I also feel like we need to hold the people accountable who have participated in the sham of an investigation. I'm gonna tell you why. What happened in 2016 was unprecedented. The same government agencies that were investigating President Trump and his campaign were looking the other way when it came to the allegations against the Clintons. In the same time, the Clinton campaign paid for the Steele dossier, the DOJ and FBI were helping to cover up Clinton's crimes. We know this to be a fact. 33,000 emails miraculously disappeared. Phones were smashed with hammers by the FBI. Even CNN fact-checked this, and it turned out to be true. Yes, CNN. 
and they refuse to prosecute her. This selective prosecution doesn't only favor the Clintons, though, as we have seen in very recent history. Sir, I'm sure you are familiar with what's going on with Hunter Biden's plea deal and his refusal to pay his taxes, and the separate agreement to dismiss his felony gun possession, both of which were announced yesterday. You familiar with that, sir? Yes. Hunter Biden will likely serve no jail time for his offenses, and, and yet there was no early morning SWAT raid on Hunter's home in coordination with the media either. The American people are sick and tired of this two-tiered justice system, and as a black man, I'm tired of seeing this kind of discretion used to favor people like Hunter Biden because he's white and a son of a president. And while Hunter Biden will serve no jail time for these charges, black men across this country are in prison for years for the exact same crimes, and I'm not surprised. Because I guess this selective justice shouldn't become as a surprise to anyone in this room because after all, Joe Biden was one of the authors of the 94 crime bill, one of my all-time favorites. And we could see what that has done to black men across this country. But back to this report. This report concerns one of many investigations into Trump that led absolutely nowhere, wasted vast amounts of resources and time, and spread lies, rumors, and innuendos about Trump across this country. What we know is that the Clinton campaign and the DNC paid for the Steele dossier, which was used as a basis for the FISA warrants to spy on an incoming president. Correct, sir? It was paid, much of that, the dossier was paid for from the campaign uh, through uh, Perkins uh, Cooey's hiring of Fusion and Fusion's hiring of Steele. Yes. Perfect. Thank you, sir. The biggest problem that I have with that is that none of the, none of the significance has been prosecuted over this sham investigation, and, and no one who participated in this investigation is serving any jail time today. I think we've kind of heard that resonate throughout the halls of this room today. But meanwhile, the DOJ, the same agency that is responsible for this phony investigation in 2016, is at this very moment seeking to put Donald Trump in prison for over 400 years over a document issue. And last I checked, President Biden has a bit of a document issue himself before he was even the sitting president of this country. And again, it's another example of this two-tier justice system. My colleagues on the left talk about democracy. Well, here's what I know about democracy. In 2016, Donald Trump was elected by the American people to be their commander-in-chief. But he wasn't allowed to serve in that capacity because he and his administration spent four years responding to Democrat-invented scandal after Democrat-invented scandal. And here we are, seven years later, still talking about President Trump and this Democrat-invented scandal. And this does not look like a democracy to me. As a West Point graduate and combat veteran, I've fought abroad against authoritarian countries. I know what they look like, and I know what, the, what those countries do and how they treat their people, and I also know what democracy looks like. And my fear is that this looks like the death of democracy, and it's up to us in this room to do something about it. What do you think about that, Tori? I think it's 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 fantastic. I mean, all of these hearings have provided us. Wait a minute. Where am I? Am I doing this wrong? Nope, wrong way. There you go. Well, there we go. Um, Jared, are you messing with this? He is. He's totally messing with. I this. am not messing um, with this. All of these hearings have been fantastic, and um, the hearing that happened yesterday was so filled with so many pearl of wisdom 
uh, in there and showing us exactly the process of how you have to do everything legally, right? It has to be done legally. You know, uh, many people, you know, are like, it's not happening fast enough. It's happening very fast. Schiff has been completely humiliated and it's only the beginning. Only the beginning. Have you ever seen the jerky boys, you know, um, prank that they did on him? Have you heard it, Joe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. I mean, you've, it, it, it's almost identical to what the KGB put out saying, hey, want to be a KGB agent? Find the dodgiest guy in Brooklyn on Brighton Beach with a tracksuit and say, I want to join the KGB because I'm tired of riots in America. Have you seen that? That was propaganda by the KGB trolling our own CIA, right? So there, uh, there is a lot that is happening and being said, but it is unfortunate that the media, both left and right, have been softening what is actually coming out. You know, it has to be more accurate. It has to be, you know, factual. And it has to be demonstrated for the people to see it. You know, this Hunter Biden laptop has provided so much to all of us and for Durham. You know, he said that Hillary Clinton paid for it. It was Perkins Coie. And here's the thing. Who was uh, um, retained by Perkins, Perkins Coie at the time? It was Hillary for America, Barack for change in America. And what happened was Robert Bauer was the one that was co-mingling their accounts. So you don't know who paid for what. And they're the ones that blocked the FBI from being able to take physical access to the DNC server when the hack happened, right? Where they alleged that Russia did it. You know, all of these things are connected. And all of these things transpired years ago. And all of these things have been very well documented by people from the inside, but nobody was listening. And now Durham is just laying it out for everyone to see it. He has done an exceptional job in his report. You know, people that are upset that he's not arresting, that's not his job right now. His job is to detail the crimes. And there are prosecutors outside of the vicinity of DC doing just that. And you know what's really weird? Most of these courts are in central locations of America, like Montana courts, North Dakota, Iowa. They're not in the big cities. They're not in well, they Ohio. Well, they can't be in the big cities because if they were in the big cities, you would have less of the ability to hold anybody accountable. But yet we're so far well, down yeah. the rabbit hole. We're, all, we're so far down the rabbit hole that we haven't been able to get to a place of accountability across the board. And I think that is what frustrates people the most is that the narrative that is being told is never going to get to a happy ending. It's never going to get to it, a happy it, well, ending. No, no, listen. For us, there, I said the narrative will never get to a happy ending. The narrative that Fox says or CNN says, their entire, their entire existence exists in misery. They're, yeah, yeah, they were screaming Russia for four years, right? Russia! It was almost like they were all insane. You know what's funny, though? You had Mr. Friend on, who yeah. um, I absolutely tip my hat. I, I don't know... I want to do much for that man and all the others. But if you remember when they were being questioned, what they were beratedly told, they said, you need to serve the government, not the people. Do you remember that? Yes. I, we have that clip. I have been saying this for a very long time that our fourth unelected branch of government is a well-oiled machine, right? That is a Praetorian guard. Praetorian guards, just so people understand, are guards that don't care about the people, but they protect the dictator or the Caesar or the government in power. And that is what Congress 
was educating our whistleblowers, you know, that they must do. And I sent a clip where one person actually made that reference. A uh, congressman made that reference and said that this is Praetorian, that the FBI and all of it, you know, this is something that people need to understand, those concepts. You know, the fact that we are not under a democratic, republic, republic, constitution, whatever you want to call it, this is a tyranny, period. And um, with the illusion of being free. And this is... We are almost at that precipice. I think people need more heat on them to wake up and get things done because like you said earlier, and I love you for saying that, seriously, that people are just sitting there waiting for someone to ride in on a white horse and save them. You know, and, it, and it's not going to happen. I mean, you're not going to get to a place where you're, yeah, it's just. And, and, and it's I one person. It, Trump and, is one man. And the, the, the bigger part of, the, of, of that specifically is that they get mad. We'll have people that make comments and they get mad because like, well, if you give us a plan, you know, we just can't quit our jobs. We just can't, you know, we can't afford it. <laughs> I don't think anybody ask can afford it. Question, Joe. Ask him one question. Yeah. Do you know who your mayor of your city is? Do you know what he looks like? She looks like, what about no, your city council? They don't. That's the I question don't. you ask them and they'll sit there with their thumbs up their butt looking at you like, what does that have to do with my politics? Um, it has everything to do with it. You know, it starts at the foundation of your community. Um, but, you know, President Trump is one man. If we're not behind him, other than sharing memes and complaining, <laughs> then how are we going to win? We have to take action. And um, we need to self-govern. Self-governing means you're actually doing something. You're not sitting on a lawn chair, eating Doritos, wiping the cheese on your chest, and sharing memes, right? You're actually filing <laughs> complaints, letters, the things that you've been promoting too, which is fantastic. But I think that Praetorian clip, Joe, um, is 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 incredible for people to watch because his 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 words were very carefully selected too, and yes. I think play. it'll give more insight to what's coming from this Durham report. So, so let's play this if we can. This is uh, a a cut. Paul just put it in there. It's uh, when he was asked, did he see evidence of collusion between Russia and Trump campaign in 2016? Yep. Um, let's go ahead and play this one cut. A minute and eight seconds. Let's play it. Uh, Mr. Durham, did you see evidence of collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign in 2016? No. So the American public that has been uh, pulled this hoax for years, it was just that, a hoax. Is that correct? Our investigation showed that there were a lot of failures in the FBI and how they did this investigation that did not disclose or reveal information or uh, evidence concerning any conspiracy or collusion between Mr. Trump and Russian authorities. Let's sum it up. Vice President Biden and President Obama knew about it. Hillary fabricated it. The FBI orchestrated it. And the media sold it to the public. And it's still out there. The question is, who watches the watchmen? The FBI has become a Praetorian guard here protecting the nation's capital, but not the people of the United States of America. It is going to be up to us as Republicans, and solely us as Republicans, starting on this Judiciary Committee, to get accountability to the FBI in the United States of America. What do you think of that? I mean, Tiffany just got a lot of money coming into his campaign for that because he annotated Republicans, but what do you think of that? Well, I think that, again, it's... It, it, <laughs> I it's pretty it's pretty yeah, yeah but 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 you say republicans and is it the grassroots republicans or is it the republicans of the establishment right i mean this this is where That's i get into 
and and it's it's all kabuki theater as far as i'm concerned which is why they're trying to shut down the grassroots grassroots by the way are the people that are that are the everyday people that recognize that they are slaves and by the way that's where a revolution comes from you want to know where a revolution comes from not a civil war but a revolution comes from it comes from the people that are every single day recognizing the greed corruption and the the absolute atrocities that are being committed by both parties that's where it starts so who's he who's he referring well, we- to yeah, we've been in a civilized revolution for nine years now, right? It's very civilized. Not a lot of blood has been spilled, right? Because the people haven't woken up. The only problem with Tiffany's ending was he should have said that we the people should start taking action. He shouldn't have made this Republican Democrat because now there's going to be a polarization in talking about the crimes that have been done. And this is the problem we have because they like to protect their interests. And like I said, when he, when he said that, the first thing that came out of my mouth was, cha-ching, he just got donations. Do you see what I'm saying? From people that don't listen to people like you to understand the difference between pony show and fake swords that they draw, right, at the end of it, he just destroyed his message. If he would have shut up right then and there and said, now we the people have to take action, it would have been the most fantastic. That would have been sung through eons of history going forward, that statement. And he destroyed it by making it partisan when we should be opening our arms out to Democrats too. Um, It's not just about Republicans, it's Democrats or people that identify as Democrats or identify as Republicans, right? Um, Or independents or commies, because obviously we have a communist party now that pays for highways in Sacramento, (laughs) you know? So um, we should be reaching out to every, except for the commies, (laughs) American um, that is not a commie to make sure that we are free and we need this liberation. And, and, you know, when I see people saying we back you, President Trump, you know, backing him by retruthing, retreating or posting memes is not going to help him. And, you know, making claims like QQQ, like stop. Clapper, um, there's a little trailer thing that I um, sent for you to play because it, you know, that Clapper documentary that I was doing, right. I'm going to put yeah. it out at some point future but there are little snippets in there and he says something that the q community believed was a good thing but it showed you who else was playing the game and i use those specific words in it so people can see because clapper coordinated all of this russia hoax clapper did the dnc what you know hack and the hack wasn't a hack seth rich downloaded it and then people are like well how'd they know well in in this I showcase Hunter Biden's laptop. There's a software called Katafra. You, as a tech guy, know what that is. You can put sniffers in your computers, in your systems, right? And we have them in our federal and state systems now that will sniff out when you're downloading something. It's almost like a pulse of, you know, data movement, and they will track you. And that is how they found Seth Rich because they use Katafra, which was a, a, a software that Hunter Biden was involved in. And... Uh, before that, there was other software that Bush did. So again, we can't even have whistleblowers and leakers because they get sniffed out really quick if they want to copy information, download information, because it's infected all system networks. So anyway, it's really exciting times, isn't it, well, Joe? Yeah, and it's absolutely. Gonna be, it's, it's exciting time. July is going to be terrible for us. I'm telling you this now. I'm telling you this now, but August is going to be fun. Well, let's hope so. Let's go ahead and play that that short clip from uh, the Clapper deal. Let's go ahead and play it. Here I am, writing a memoir. Right. What happened? I needed to uh, defend 
the intelligence community and, and the great men and women in it, given some of the assaults, stuff and intelligence in 50 years. Return them all. Heard of you on an iPad. I was the last of the Mohegans to give up a hard copy, I think. Intelligence officers, including me, who were so eager to help, help the administration make war in Iran, um, that, we found, that we found well, that uh, your efforts were uh, guilty of the same sin here. Do you think that you found a lot of things that weren't really there? Because that's what our conclusion is. Between decades in the FBI themselves. What does this have to do with Seth Fritch? Well, the wouldn't they need to know? The state's national security agency that is the most aggressive uh, spy on other nations. That's false. Um, James Clapper, the head of U.S. intelligence, uh, has come out and said, "That's it. That's just a snippet. I'll send you the full file so you can see it for your private viewing." But as I said, you know, the disappointment was that I didn't hear James Clapper during the hearing at all. Why? Why is he protecting the intelligence community? And and Tori, there you you see, I picked my snippets perfectly, didn't I? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say something else that, that is that is vitally important that everyone understands this, and and I'm gonna tell you right now what I'm about to tell you is absolutely true. The intelligence community apparatus in our country, in the United States, in other nations, has killed, maimed, and destroyed more in the last four decades, four decades, 40 years, then were all killed collectively in World War II. You're not gonna like what I just said. Let me just say it again. Our intelligence community, our country apparatus, not the people in this country, because we're slaves. We live under a false uh, wizard behind the curtain. They do and say whatever they want. They offer opportunity in small pieces. Has murdered more people in other nations around the world than ever died in World War II. Syria, Egypt, Libya, Sudan, Afghanistan, Africa. Iraq. Oh, I'm not even there yet. Iraq, Korea. <laughs> we talk about Africa, DRC, Ethiopia, Somalia. Ghana, I can get to other Southern, South Africa, Ukraine, Antarctica. I don't know about Antarctica. Well, I could tell you about that with the indigenous, but that's a long story. But I agree, Joe, we have hard truths to face and the world is watching us, which is a good thing because that means that they won't hold us, the people accountable. They will have mercy for us rather than relentlessly go after us which is a good thing, that we are in the spotlight. Sometimes the spotlight, light cleanses all that's dirty and all the good things just stand, cockroaches flee, right? And so uh, we should be very grateful that the world is watching and paying attention. Um, I had shared with you months ago that, you know, we are going to war with China in 2025. I have documentation from commands that have been distributed throughout our nation uh, since February, getting everyone on the go. You know, I know all of us are very busy with the southern border, but no one's looking at our northern border. And I'm going to say that again and again and again. We all know where China has been buying land. And um, 
we need all the other nations across the world to understand that we as a people understand the crimes that have been committed, not just against the people of the United States, but against the people of the world. Um, most of the uh, marionette uh, controllers are, you know, in, in Europe and in, in Africa and Asia. And so um, we, the people, will be fighting for humanity to remedy the crimes against humanity. Um, and I see that, you know, and I'm so glad that you're at the forefront of, you know, dispelling uh, propaganda and falsities and providing some clarity, even though it's very affirmative and provocative. Because, you know, in life, you know, we're always trying to dance around like eggshells the way we talk to people. And we have versions of ourselves when we talk to people. We should stop doing that. We just need to be ourselves. And the more of yourself you are, the more you surround yourself with like-minded people. And hence why I like you um, as a person, as a businessman, as a commentator, and as a battle buddy in this um, revolution uh, that they're trying to turn into a civil war. Um, you're just you. And if nobody likes that, that's too bad. And if truth offends them, that's too bad. And that is something we all need to start doing and stop obfuscating truth and you know, because what, what was it that Assange said? If wars start with lies, then peace is with truth, right? Something like that, right? Yeah. 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 And that's what we need to start doing more of. Right, Apollo? I uh, actually have struggled with that very concept that you just discussed because I may have mentioned this briefly on the show before a couple times because I don't really talk about it. Um. But I went through most of my life wearing a lot of different masks, and it wasn't really until I met Joe that I realized that authenticity uh, wasn't ugly. Um, and that was a big shift. So I agree. If everybody lived with that example, I don't think we'd have oh, we'd be in, about. in a better we'd be in, place. We'd be in great shape. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... We, you know, you, you talk you talk about harsh realities and, and speaking to those harsh realities. We find ourselves over and over and over again asking ourselves the same question and not being able to believe. It's like you have to pinch yourself. Like, are we really going through the things that we're going through? Are we really every day getting another hole in the boat that gives people the ability to say to themselves, I just have to disconnect? And you, you talk about fatigue and you talk about you know, lying, either lying to yourself or lying to others about where we are, where we're going and not concentrating on, I think the things that are most important to us. And so we skip past some of the things that we were just talking about. We, we, most of our lives, most of our lives, Apollo, we have put ourselves in a place where we, we, where we didn't want people to see what was under the hood. Right. And, but how, how true is that about where we are as a country? Like we, we learned it somewhere, right? We, we learned to be this way because subconsciously, and, and this is just getting into the psychology of people, people know. Like what, you know when a guy is, or a gal is, is a CIA show. You know. Because with a straight face, they will sit there and tell you, I did not run into that building. I have no idea what you're talking about. Drink? <laughs> yeah, I had two shots. <laughs> right? And everybody knows what I'm talking about. We, we know. But now we're going to have to start saying the quiet part out loud. And people are going to have to start standing in the gap and doing the things that are necessary in order to make sure that we get to a place of accountability. 
And when you can't just say there's no accountability, nothing's going to happen, because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. As, as much as difficult as it is to wake up every day and to fight over and over and over again to reach accountability, to reach consequences for those people that are evil, I recognize that it may not happen in my lifetime. We might not win in my lifetime. There's a, there's a high probability that this fight is longer than my life. And that's got to be okay. It's got to be okay. I mean, there are certain things that we can solve. But I want to say what Tori said is absolutely true. It is happening really fast. It's happening ridiculously fast. And as we walk down this path and say there's nothing happening, there's no accountability, and oh, it's just a dog and pony show, we know it's a dog and pony show. It is going to take, 2024 is going to be a lightning year. How do I know that? Because there's no other option. There's nothing else on the table except for them to do more death and destruction to the American people. And here, I want to I say this because this just came up. That, that is why I know what I'm saying is true. How do I know that what I'm saying is absolutely 100% true? Well, here's how I know. Let me see if I can find it really quick because I put it in here. Biden at a fundraiser reiterated again that you need an F-16 if you want to fight the federal government. Uh, if you want to fight what we're doing to you, <laughs> get out of here. You're not, you're nothing. Get, get away from me. You got to have an F-16. You want to stop what we're doing to you? Heckling us. That was not a, oh, you know, it's just a small portion of the country. It was a threat. They were threatening the American people. He was threatening the American people. He's threatening you. You, you peasants, peons, go, get away from me. If you don't have, you think an AR-15 is going to help save you against us? No, no, we'll just kill every one of you. That's what he said. That is what the veiled threat was behind the words, is that you are my slave. You will give me my money, and I will send it wherever I want, and there's nothing you can do about it. Reiterating again that it's hopeless. Don't fight us. Don't you know who we are? We are the devil ourselves. We can do whatever we want to you, and there's nothing you can do about it. How does that make you feel? That he can rape you, prod you, do whatever he wants to you. These evil people can do with, act with impunity. And then if they don't like you, they just jail you. They can crap all over God. They can heckle him. They can go after you and, and just berate you and say whatever they want. They got a, a full they lie and then tell you, oh yeah, you know, we're going to take away your AR-15s, which by the way, they would not be trying to take that away if they thought you needed an F-16 in order to win. They wouldn't. And good people are, are, are drifting away from the government apparatus. They're, they're walking away from it. They're walking away from it, leaving only the evil of our society to have access to all the tools in order to wreak havoc on our lives. And that's why the judiciary has no, there's nothing left of it. It's not a two-tier justice system. It's the same justice system that has sent 18-year-old black men to jail dating back decades. It's the same system. Only now, they want to let violent criminals and people that they've let exist in this environment out on the streets in order to act with impunity against you. 
And now they're saying the quiet part out loud. They're taking everything away from you in order to protect yourself and then tell you, what are you going to do about it, slave? And this is why I have a problem with both sides of the aisle and the talking heads that get out there and say, we're going to outvote the machines. We're going to, we're going to, it's going to be different in 2024. We got this. As the establishment literally goes to humiliate and to degradate those people that were working hard, the grassroots on both sides of the aisle, because they are Democrats like Mario yesterday who agree with us. They agree with us. I'm, uh, I am very hopeful on where we're going, how we get there. I am not so hopeful on waking people up in such a way that they recognize what they need to do and seeing things for what they are. That I'm not. And I, I, uh, that's what I work towards every day. Do we still have Apollo and Tori? Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're here. We're listening. Yeah. You know, I was, I was kind of reminiscing on something you said, and I'm going to totally expose myself and totally be vulnerable right now. But about three decades ago, I had written a poem and won like some prize thing. And then I republished it back in 2011 so I can put it online. And it talks about us not facing the truth, right? And at that point in my life, I'm just going to be straight with people. Oh, wait not three decades ago, less than three decades, right? I was struggling myself. So I'm going to be totally cheesy and recite this poem. Rome versus Paris is a title. So two cities, regal and teeming. Rome, sonorous, Paris, adorning. How does one choose the turns of the path which lead to either elation or wrath? Paris, city of love and art, someplace people nowadays go for a fresh start. They say you find yourself in Paris, your reflection will reveal naked and bare, gazing back at you with a stare. Rome, home of the Romans and Caesars of history. When in Rome, do as the Romans and command in mystery. Be brave, witty, and bold. Tell tales of truth, little they hold. When choosing between Rome and Paris, I choose to get lost and get to know me. So at that point in time, I was like, I'm just going to do as a Roman and tell tales that pacify me, even though they don't hold truth. Whereas, you know, rather than get to know the actual truth. And this is, this is, you know, what you were saying rang so true to me, Joe, because I realized, you know, that's the problem. We all like to pacify ourselves with um, what we'd like to portray rather than what is in fact truth. And um, the more we self-reflect as a nation and realize the systemic issues we have, because we can all talk about the fourth unelected branch of government, right? And we can all be ignorant to foreign policy, which is atrocious. But right now, this civilized revolution that is being cooked up in the next you know, eight months to become a full-blown civil war while we're going to war, right? Um, we need to start reflecting on all aspects. You know, not saying, oh, I don't deal with politics. We need to be focusing on politics. We need to be focusing locally. We need to be focusing in our backyard, right? And we need to start being self-governed. We need to start taking action. And we need to say, yes, all of these things happened, but we're not okay with it, right? And we right. are standing up. Or we do it, more people will stand with us, not just within our nation, but around the world. I think it's imperative we do that, Joe. 
I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and we're, and we're, we're, we're getting to that place where people are recognized that they're standing in the gap. I see some comments about the lesser magistrates and the greater magistrates and being able to stand in the gap and do the things that are uh, necessary. But I, but I will tell you 100%, recognizing the problem and doing something about it are two totally different things. You can recognize it and say, there's nothing I can do about it. But much like this, this thing we're doing with kids this weekend, this, this summer, Operation Fight Back to give kids the tools to go and do what they need to do, give them a voice. More often than not, we quell people's voice because they're like, ah, they're saying it differently than I would say it. They're not maybe going down the, you know, they're oh, a little bit off over there. He's a little bit too excitable. I think I'm the only one that gets away with being excitable where people are like, oh, we love that Joe's excited. Other people get excited and, and scream at a meeting and they're like, that guy's a loon. Not a loon, just different. And yet we, we set standards for how we can engage in this environment. And this is what I said yesterday to Mario, actually to somebody that said, I'm not listening to Mario because you know, I don't need to listen to a gay guy, Joe. I just don't. It, somebody actually sent me that. And what, Mario Napa? No, no, no. Oh. No. What? Oh. oh. This, this, is, this is Mario at, uh, yeah, Mario Presents. Super good guy, right? He's a gays against groomers. He's the one that actually is out there fighting on the front lines to make sure that we keep all this pedophilia away from the children. And he doesn't even have kids. He's just doing it because he has nieces and nephews and he wants to protect children. But, uh, and, and I know I kind of threw that in there as a, as a side. We have got to, as people, recognize that we are all slaves. All of us. We're slaves at different levels. <laughs> this is exactly the thing, Joe. This is like exactly the thing because seriously, that kind of, that, that like kind of irritated me. I didn't say anything because actually going back to your point about faces, I've like really done a great job of losing myself over most of my life. And uh, I haven't been authentic. And that's a big problem, not just for me, um, but in this country, because you think about a response like that. So where does that get us? So, okay, uh, he's gay, so we don't have to listen to him, right? Well, what about the Muslims? We don't need to listen to them, right? They're the ones what about, yeah, I mean, how many of those uh, communities have actually stood up to what's going on in schools? That happened in Michigan. There have been several of those communities who have done a lot more than Christians have. How about, uh, you know, what, the minorities, the black people? How about uh, the different colored people that we want to pretend are different? Uh, like, wh- where are we going to stop? Because at the end of the day, we're going to say, what well, we're not going to work with them because, what, they don't have the same book, they don't say the same, what, what? We're, we're all, like, literally being murdered. They're throwing us into another, uh, another big freaking war. And then we're sitting here arguing about, well, they have a, you know, they have a different style, they have a different X, Y, and Z, they have different music, they have a different... Uh, book that they call you know from god like what are we doing here and, uh, and i'm gonna say this right now a lot of it's the christians yeah a lot of it's coming from christians mm-hmm. because they're and i'm gonna say that that's gonna piss a lot of people off but it's true i see that a lot from conservative christians that we're not really willing to work together to actually fix the problem yeah, i agree right. i agree i agree i i agree i agree i agree joe we need to start not preaching the bible but being it Right. Remember, Christ spoke with uh, all denominations and all kinds of people. Right. And, and, and those that claim to be Christ like are missing the message. You know, we can't talk with people that like to have sex with the same sex. You think there weren't homosexuals back then? Of course they were. You know, um, this is this is the problem. You know, everyone's pointing fingers rather than saying, you know what? We need to work together. I mean, in, in September, when I played, I remember on my show, I played 
uh, a portion of the Quran where there's this guy named Bobby, Bobby something on online. He pushes the carnivore diet and talks religion. He's an Orthodox Christian. We're the most stringent Christians around historical Christians. And, you know, like even now to baptize my son-in-law, right? He has to do it, right? Because he's an Orthodox Christian and I can't, and he has to go through classes. Whereas if you go somewhere else, they'll usually just pay the fee usually, right? And, you know, you have a friend that says whatever, right? And you just go. Yet they can come to the table and have these discussions. And he did this comparative and that inspired people in Michigan where Christians and Muslims came together. If you remember in the school about the child pornography and the, and the LGBTQ drag queen night discussions, you think gay people want little children to be affected? No, they love children, but not in the weird love way. They're nice people. And you know, they're just people that seem to have deviance. I mean, okay, they have homosexual relationships. You steal, you lie, you, you know, point fingers. Uh, so that's, um, that's a big issue. And we need to start <clears throat> bringing more people to the table. We've been talking about that. How long, Joe? You have been screaming it every single time we meet. You're like, when are we going to get people to the table? Right? And we've been pushing the same message. We need unity, right? We need to meet people where they are. Right? We need to acknowledge that right now I was driving down the highway. Do you know how much debt per person? Every You have a kid today. Do you know how much debt is on their head? 95000 We're almost reaching $33 trillion in debt as a nation. So you well, have to think. Yeah. When is it yeah. going to stop? It, it, I think that's the whole point is if you want to degrade and destroy, you have to do it from within. And they're doing just that. We're allowing it to happen. And, so we and to under what? Under what though? We're allowing it to happen because what, in the name of God, that we're better than other people? Well, I mean, that, that, that herein lies the problem. You know, we, we, exactly. we want to we wanna find the differences. We want to find the differences, not the similarities. You know, it, it, I, I, have come on this, I have come on this show for the last two and a half years. And in two and a half years, I've said the same thing over and over again. And people go, Joe, I, we've already heard that before. And I'm like, great. You need to hear it one more time. You need to hear it one more time. Maybe one more time after that. Well, Joe, I've already heard. We're already doing that. Well, how about the people that aren't? And even when I, even when, even when I, I continually talk about and try to encourage people to get in the gap and 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 to be responsible and to be authentic and tell the truth and pursue truth, even when I do that, people go, Ah, Joe, we've heard this for two and a half years. Good. I was a great coach. <laughs> I was a great player. I was a great coach. I was really good at business. I'm still really good at business. I love to work hard. I wake up every day. And, and if you talk, Jared will tell you, Apollo will tell you, Tori will tell you. I'd say, look, we, we're not just going to talk about it. We're going to be about it. I go out and I hang out with, you know, I, I'm not Jesus. I said, I follow Jesus, but I'm not Jesus. I am not afraid to throw someone on their neck. I'm just not. And I have boiled frustration just like everyone else. And I have a demon that's asleep just like everybody else. But we, we literally want to create chasms between us. I spend time with, with, with guys that we had Jamal on here, 10 year prison sentence for having a gun and drugs was running with the gangs. I spent time with him because he has, a, he has an amazing spirit to let his demon out because that was his pathway until he decided it wasn't. And we want to create, I almost feel better hanging out with, with people that are, that, that know they're flawed because I can tell them, hey, you still take that scarlet letter off and let's just go forward. But we do it to everyone. We do it to the gay guy yesterday. 
And sorry, gay guy, all due respect, I love Mario. I think he's a great guy. But I've spent 10 years defending my business partner. I've spent 10 years going out and playing football with guys that you would say are, are, are gang members or different or poor or don't speak the same way or don't act the same way or they smoke marijuana. You've got to be an example of, of what it is that draws us together. And, we, and I keep repeating it over and over again. I don't talk about it. I be about it. And that, that I think, Tori, is my frustration. And it's not my frustration, meaning that I want to walk away from any of you. It's my frustration in that I'm, I'm willing to be frustrated by the fact that people don't like the fact that I repeat things over and over again, get in the gap, do something. They're like, what does that even mean? I don't know. Pray first. Pray, stand, speak, act. It's really sad. And I can't, I can't decide for you in your own area. But Tori said something really important. That is, if you don't know your mayor's name, if you don't know what they look like, if you don't know your town council members, you don't know the school board, if you don't know that thing on a local level, then how are you ever going to speak intelligently about things that are happening around the country or around the world? You can't. Well, let me say something real quick. Don't be salty. I'm always salty. No, no, My, no, 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 stop. There's a, I just want everyone to just picture this. You're looking out, you got your nice little village, you got a little, little fence because like, you know, you didn't have enough money to build a big fence, maybe. And now uh, there are people coming at you, and they like they have pitchforks and they want to burn your whole village down. And then uh, you get a bunch of people that come and say, "Okay, we can hold the fence up." And you turn next to you and you go, "Hey, you're gay. You can't you can't fight with us." Mm-hmm. Is that really uh, is that actually what you guys think is worth spending your time on? I talked about this yesterday because everyone's cheering that like Bud Light and all these things are losing all this money. That's really great, but not for the reason that you think it is. Because the reason that it is great is that finally you can see the forest. Finally, everyone can kind of see, because they're all doing it at the same time, where the allegiances of all these people really are and that it's all the same. And the positive is that you are demonstrating, you're seeing as all this money, which is a drop in the bucket to a bunch of these big companies, that just by using intention, you can instead take $20 billion, $100 billion, whatever, and put it into your people's businesses instead of these big things. So we need to stop focusing on like, let's be judgmental and, well, he's not this, he's not that, he's not on our side, there's a difference there. If we don't, like, cut that bullshit aside. You're not, you're not the one who's going to judge uh, that person's life. Like, you're not, you know, you're, you're not the weigher of deeds. Well, well, So why are we focusing on this? Well, okay, yeah. So there was a comment in the chat that said, stealing, cheating aren't abominations, but homosexuality is. And see, these are the types of Christians that are causing the issues, the ones that judge. I'm a parent, and I know a lot of you listening right now are parents too. And so all of you, think of it. If your child steals a pack of gum or um, does something that, you know, is not a good thing, will you hate them more if they're stealing or if they're homosexual? You won't hate them at all. God loves all his children and we all struggle. And who are you to say which level of sin is more of an abomination than another? So you're pretty much placing yourself as I know because God told me. And it's like the scriptures don't have everything in there. Those are just guidelines. And uh, this is a problem that we have. We're too judgmental picking at people. And social media and the internet has allowed people to have this deem and come out as if there's no accountability. I, I want to, and, yeah. and, t- and I tell people all the time, be accountable to yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Be accountable to yourself. Be be able to be able to do the things that are necessary. Be able to do the things that are necessary in order to help those in your community, recognizing that our our apparatuses of our country are as evil as they come. It, it, you didn't just wake up to this. They, they've been like this. <laughs> they've been getting away with it. They just what, what they what they practice on most of the world and killing and raming and and causing chaos around the world, they just brought it home to us. Because now it's time to destroy everything that America stands for. All the goodness that you have in your heart, they, they want to take that away. They hate you. You're a slave to them. You're an inconvenience. And, and if they could find a way to replace you and still make a bunch of money and have a bunch of power, they would. Yeah, they, they enjoy would. enjoy seeing of them. you in pain. Yeah. I, was, I was one of them. I thought of people like that. I, it's shameful to say, but I admit it. Right, because the one thing you do, what is a confession, right? And it's not just going to some, you know, faceless booth or talking to your priest. You know, you need to forgive yourself for the mindset that you were in, right? And I speak swamp. I'm a great interpreter for that, right? And I, I know how it is. I'm just lucky that I had really good foundations at a young age, and I was raised in an Orthodox church that challenged me by reading the Quran and the Torah. You know, and people are going to be like, what? Yes, I'm old calendar Orthodox historical Christian. And I would read all of them because if you, people that have a problem with um, understanding the words that they read in their Bible and being them are the people that don't understand them at all. They just um, mimic. So that is the, the thing. And Joe, you are an embodiment of those words because you stand true to what you say. And so I am extremely honored to be your friend and that, you know, in a way you me for the, because you know, the kind of circles I have personally. So, you know, where I've been. Absolutely. Well, we're out of time and we went through a lot. So I just want to make sure that we, uh, was end in prayer and, uh, we'll see you guys tonight at four o'clock and, uh, we've got some just fire stuff that's happening over the next couple of days. And I'm going to continue to push down and repeat myself because, that's what that's what creating a better environment for ourselves is as we keep pushing down on those things all right let's pray father god thank you for the opportunity to have apollo and tori and uh, ivan on today thank you for just the the amount of of, of courage that they have and their commitment to each one of us uh, and to the, our country father and father thank you for giving them the wisdom the ability to speak and to be heard and Father, thank you for giving them the, uh, the encouragement to walk from the front, to, to lead from the front. Father, I ask you to, to please bless them, give them the ability to step aside and have peace and joy while recognizing the importance of staying in the fight and staying focused on your mission, Father, which is restoration, restoring you to our community and, and stopping this persecution that's happening across the country, regardless of political affiliation of other and all Americans. They've made us slaves, Father. And now that we recognize that we are in bondage, please help us, Father, that we may push to remove that bondage, to remove this this enslavement that they've pushed upon all of us with the lies that they continue to push in in every aspect of our our society. Help us, Father, to fight against the evil that has, has relented itself all over our apparatuses of government, our communities, our schools, our education system. Help us, Father, we may fight it by standing and speaking and acting the way you would want us to act biblically. Help us, Father, that we may set aside petty differences. Help us that we may work together. And help us, Father, we must be just boldly courageous in how we handle what goes on in our country and around the world. 
But Father, we do have to recognize what we've done to other nations. And it's time that we are held accountable for not, not taking care of our land. So help us, Father, that we may press forward, that we may tend to our land, and we, we may be, be truthful and authentic about what we've done as a nation while we were asleep at the wheel. I ask for all these things, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. May we have discernment and be laser focused on fixing these elections because no matter how many times we talk about these things, if we can't elect, we're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So God bless you all. We have two videos that I want to play for you. The one just came out about Forgiato Blow talking about, this is awesome, 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 two of them. One talks about the two-tier justice system. The second one talks about how uh, Trump is our president. So God bless you all. Uh, we're going to play these two videos. Apollo, Tori, I'll see you guys soon. Much love to both of you. I'll see you guys soon. Bye. Love you, brother. Bye. Must be nice. Well,